But I'd like to welcome you to the Bill Bennett Show. I feel welcome. Thank you. Good. You know what it is. <laughs> we take an honest look at the current administration. We expose the existential threats to America. I want to tell you what I think the principal existential threat to America is in a minute. Joining me today is our friend and one of your favorites, folks, Conrad Black. He's an author, columnist, and a media contributor. Uh, a couple things I'd like to discuss. Claude. Yes. Did you watch the Super Bowl of debates? <laughs> the heavyweight bout. I watched most of it and, and a lot of the analysis afterwards. And your reaction? It was what I thought it would be, actually, to be honest with you. I didn't. I thought that there'd be a lot of screaming over one another. I thought that there'd be some name-calling. I thought that there'd be some personal stuff uh, mentioned. Um, and I thought that there wouldn't be a lot of policy talk. I mean, <laughs> this is, it's a, sadly, it's exactly what I thought it would be. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it's possible in a two-man race uh, for it to have hurt both candidates. Mm-hmm. But... It may have, you may have lower voter turnout. That was one of the things that um, might happen as a result of this. It was bad. Um, what do you think of Chris Wallace? You know, and I find myself as one of the only people that I know who feel this way. I thought he did a fine job. I mean, number one, I'm a fan of Chris Wallace. I think he's pretty fair for the most part. He's one of the most fair that I, that I see anyway. But, you know, I, at first I, I felt he tried to um, let the guys kind of go. And then at about 20 minutes, 25 minutes in, he then tried to rein things in. But I thought he, I thought he did a fair job. It's kind of hard to do that in that room with those two guys. I'm, I'm, I'm a mixed view on that. My first reaction when the show was over was to think he was very partial mm-hmm. and that he hit Trump much harder. But someone came up this morning and uh, out this morning and said that Trump interrupted Wallace or Biden 76 times and Biden interrupted Trump like 18 times. So that means that Wallace had to come down harder on Trump more often to get him back. But we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about that with Conrad. And I think Conrad shares your view mm-hmm. about uh, about Chris Wallace. I don't think it did either candidate much good. I really I really don't. We'd love to get your reactions, folks, uh, to the debate, unless you'd either just put it behind you. I felt after watching this that I don't know if I want two more of these. <laughs> well, there was there's there's talk about that. If but, it's going to be like this one, just skip it, guys. Don't do it. I had some thoughts, which is um, – Simple solution. If you go with this two-minute format, you know, for each one gets two minutes, cut the other guy's mic for the, that two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but apparently on this mic cutoff thing, um, the candidates have to agree to the mic cutoff. Oh. And they don't want to. Why wouldn't they want to? I mean, well, I guess he- Trump, Trump just... Say, hell no, that's my style, man, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, I guess neither would necessarily agree to that. But, man, it would make it uh, you know, more clear. Or just have the two-minute blocks, you know, with no topic. You get two minutes, and you get two minutes. Just say whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the structured blocks because they didn't stay within them anyway. Right, you know? right, right. Look, uh, since we last talked, the Pac-12 has decided to play football. Mm-hmm. I think they're starting between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Or, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All they need is three or four weeks anyway. <laughs> so can you have a team that plays seven games total be eligible for the football playoff? I don't think so. I don't think so. If Oregon goes 7-0 and and they're kind of overwhelming, but this will put the, put the burden on these teams to be overwhelming when they're winning, just mm-hmm. pile up. so they look like they're superpowers. Right. But anybody who plays a seven-game schedule and has a loss is, is, will be gone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just funny the way they all copycat each other. 
You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Joining us now, Conrad Black, author, columnist, media contributor. So, um, you watched? I did. Look, I think think if you were scoring it on points, the president clearly won. Uh, And uh, he was was very effective in rebutting points and and scoring points. But he was just so overbearing uh, that, that I think there would have been some natural resentment against him for ignoring the rules and ignoring normal courtesies of letting your opponent have a, an undisturbed two minutes to address these things. And, uh, and and in this case, for once, the media, I thought, was handling things fairly uh, uh, reasonably. I, I mean, I thought Chris Wallace did a good professional job. He wasn't just a, an agent of the Democrats and implicitly suspicious of and hostile to the president, as, as most of the networks are. Uh, and, and and I thought, it, it, well, Trump won narrowly. It was a lost opportunity to score an absolute not get blow. Um, um, I, I don't think any viewer can doubt that Trump is a more forceful and uh, talented and articulate man. And I think there are some reservations about whether Biden really has the, the, the what you know, as the French say, the tough just to stop, you know, do yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, there would be some sympathy for him. Uh, but that would have been mitigated by the outrageous slurs he made against the president. I mean, you don't call the president of the United States, whoever it is, a liar. And 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 a, a, a clown, a, a clown, and unprecedented, you know, yeah, I mean, a racist. Yeah, it's just not done. And in any case, it's not true. I mean, Trump clowns around a bit, but as a person, he is a substantial person. I mean, it doesn't mean he's a likable person to everyone, but it, it, I mean, I don't know. I'm a traditionalist a bit like you, Bill. I, I think there's a certain amount of respect that goes with the office, and Trump hasn't forfeited that. He's sometimes sullied it slightly, but he certainly hasn't forfeited it. He has been a successful president. It's always obnoxious to quote yourself. I thought of myself early in the evening. I'm sorry, but I, I you know, because I, I, I wasn't, it's not me who's worth quoting, but Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, yeah no, I, I saw that. No, and the Federalist who says yeah, yeah. that uh, energy in the executive is the very definition of good government and um, a feeble executive uh, defines poor government. Yeah, and, and, and you, you know, on the energy that, and feeble level, it's pretty clear who's who. Yeah, and, and, and then I recall the Lincoln Douglas debates, and I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> well, but the key to those was uh, not not just the stamina the two men showed. You know, what what was it, eight eight or ten debates then? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, but Lincoln, you know, as a former one-term congressman, split the Democratic Party in half by pushing. Douglas so far on the whole spread of slavery issue. And uh, so, the, you know, that's what made him really a great national figure. You know, I just had to comment on when I read your column, uh, I agree overall, um, Trump barely. Well, that was the headline. You maybe didn't write that. Yeah, I, I didn't. No, I did not. But I, I don't think he persuaded anybody who wasn't already in the camp. Unless I, I, I think there's I think there's some truth to that. Up, up, I, you're I, interrupting me. Whoop, up, up. You're interrupting me. Whoop. <laughs> But I mean, if, if just if, <laughs> in terms of analyzing it, uh, when you know, when I looked at my notes and thought about it, and then saw bits of reruns, uh, you know, I, I thought he, he, I thought he did a good job of defending his COVID management. Yeah. I thought he really shredded the arguments against him on that, and that's been uh, next to just Trump's character generally the big argument of the Democrats. Um, I, I, you know, he, I thought he really embarrassed Biden in getting him to say that he didn't support the Green New Deal when his vice presidential nominee was co-sponsor of it. 
you know, I, I, I thought Biden's failure to answer the court packing and filibuster question was damaging to him. Uh, and and uh, his failure to mention any police organization that supported yeah. him. Uh, he 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 tried to stretch it between the you know the African American extremists who are essentially urban terrorists and guerrillas, and uh, I mean they're terrible people, but they're all going to vote Democratic. And uh, and 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 his uh, you know we were left to impute and uh, infer his disagreement with mob violence. I mean I, I thought Biden was hanging on the ropes. Practically, it's just that Trump was so obnoxious that he won't, as you say, I don't think he'll gain much from it, if anything. Quite, yeah. Um, who, some famous phrase, you may recall it, but anyway, it's a commonplace notion, which is, didn't you think that uh, uh, lady so-and-so made some wonderful points? Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't get past her beauty, you know. Uh, so I, was, I wasn't listening, you know. And I have a friend I'm trying to bring around to Trump who said, I, I made, I made, I said, look, he was very good in rebuttal and he nailed him on this and that and couldn't name a law enforcement group. And my friend said, I, I, I just couldn't, didn't hear anything he said. I just couldn't get past his rudeness yeah. and his bluster and his interrupting on the, on the Wallace thing. Um, since, since I read you and I disagreed with what I initially read, I examined, examined my own view, which you make me do. Uh, I thought Wallace was very much harder on, on Trump than, uh, than Biden. But then someone pointed out this morning that Trump interrupted Biden 74 times yeah. and Biden interrupted Trump only 20 times. My God, what a total anyway. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? It's absurd. Yeah. But, but um, so maybe, you know, maybe justified. I mean, Wallace irritates me anyway, but. Yeah. yeah look, he, he, he is sanctimonious. He is clearly yeah. anti-Trump and, and he, but he does, do just enough to try to disguise to fool some people and annoy the rest. And, and whereas whatever you think of Joe Scarberry, he's a jackass and an idiot, but there's no doubt that he's just slinging mud at Trump. So you can take it for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking just procedural here. I want to, I want to get back to substance, but why not? Um, and I, I think I answered my own question as Claude and I were talking about it earlier. Why not for the two minutes now that we've learned from this first debate on those first two minutes when the president is speaking, you cut off Biden's mic and vice versa. When Biden's speaking, you cut off Trump's mic. Apparently they can't do that because they have to get permission from the campaigns to do that. Campaigns have to agree to every rule and the campaigns won't, or maybe just the Trump campaign won't. I don't know. But I, I would like to see the, the thought spun out at least for two minutes, which isn't a hell of a lot of long time, a hell of a lot of time. Uh, certainly not the time it took Lincoln and Douglas. But, or, or even some more authoritarian capability of the moderator. I mean, I, 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 I tremble in thinking this when, I, when I, I, I forget who the next debate chairman will be, but I suspect they'll be much more one-sided than, than Wallace. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, Lawrence O'Donnell or whatever the hell his name is at MSNBC in this chair, but having the ability to, you know, press a buzzer or, yeah. raise his voice or something but it, it, it really as a matter of trying to assure an informed electorate it, it 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 didn't work because it was just so chaotic yeah um i think the next moderator is stephen smith from c-span do you know him yeah, well he's not so bad is he no he's fine i mean yeah. he's I, you cannot tell his politics at all 
I've Good. done many interviews with him and watched uh, even even more. Um, so so maybe that works. Well, then you have something where you can cut off the mic. I I, I don't know, but yes. president president probably won't uh, won't agree to that. One of the theories out of this was. Uh, that the people in the middle, rather than being swayed to Trump or Biden, were just so turned off they may not go vote. And this will, uh, this is a, a, a double cushion shot, or should we say in billiards or pool? Yeah. Um, triple yeah. cushion shot, is that it? Uh, I, I have a splendid pool table in the room here, so I know exactly really? what you're talking about. I will correct I mean, me. A, what, what is it? A, a, a snooker table. Yeah, no, yes, I mean a double bank shot. A know? double bank, thank you. <laughs> and um, I'm forgetting my wayward youth just as well. Um, that uh, the people in the middle were so turned off, a lot of people said to hell with both of them. They won't vote. Therefore, it helps Trump because we know Trump's people will come out. Well, there's a lot less enthusiasm for Biden. So, as a friend of mine said, brilliant move by Trump to alienate, <laughs> to alienate all the people sitting on the fence. I don't know. I don't know. The well, other thing- my, my wife and I had one of our... Uh- traditional fierce but entirely amicable disputes is I, I thought that in in trying to put some you know blue water between Biden and the far left you know the the the, the, the so-called protesters and so on um, he, he you know he was demotivating the left and he said well they have nowhere else to go they're not going to vote for Trump I said no but they they may just stay at home and and you know I can imagine that I mean, now her view was, I'm sorry to be so syncopated here, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, emulating President Eisenhower when he said I had to confuse people, except with me, it's not deliberate. But uh, her view was that um, uh, the, the, the fact that Trump is, uh, the, exposed Biden in that way doesn't surprise the extremists, and they know Biden is feeble and to the extent that his feebleness becomes more evident, it will only make it easier for them, if he is elected, to to advance with ant-like movements through the administration. And and that actually is an intelligent viewpoint, but we're getting into speculation here. I would have thought that the average person sort of on the cusp in some sympathy with the so-called protesters, but but a civilized person all the same most of the time. Uh, would would be rather disappointed in Biden's ability to explain what he wanted and the extent uh, to to which he wanted to balance uh, avoidance of vandalism and arson with real reform. And he he didn't approach that at all. You're saying that the the people on the left won't object to his, quote, disowning them uh, last night because they're cynical about this anyway. They don't care what he says. They well, that, that was my wife's view. My, my view was yeah. that a good many of them, cynical though they are, would say, well, look, this guy is really not pregnant. And not show up. Yeah, and not show up. Yeah. But the major players, the Sanders, the AOCs, they're, they're going to say, oh, we'll work that out. We'll work no, that out. No, no, they, they, they appear to see Biden as a useful idiot in proper Leninist terms on their way to, you know, you, you it's not you don't get to you don't get to the winter palace in one step you know you've got to take a couple right. of steps to get there I, I, by the way i do not suspect them of, of being violent uh dictatorial communists i'm just using it yeah yeah there's a phrase i i used it last night but i stole it and apologized to the guy this morning bill vogley in the claremont review of books an article yeah, entitled, yeah, yeah the, the the week and the woke was a great the woke, the woke leading the week Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the crowd leading, leading Biden. And he did look weak, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he did. His attempt to address the country directly 
uh, I, I thought was too stagey. And, and he, he looked, I, I don't want to criticize a man's physical appearance. There's nothing wrong with his appearance. But his default position of that over-toothy, complacent smile with a very poor power he has. Someone should give him a bit of color. Uh, I mean, they make fun of Trump as an orange man, but he, at, least, at least he's a healthy-looking guy, you know? And, and there, there's, I, I, I feel badly doing this. I never criticize a person's appearance. And, and there's nothing wrong with Biden's appearance. But, but he still, he just doesn't look, in the French expression we use up here, especially in Quebec, you know, pas un chef. He's not a leader. And, yeah. and and Trump, whether you like him or not, he clearly is a take charge guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, I guess we can assume that if they win and Barrett is in on the court, they will pack the court. They will do that since he wouldn't answer the question. Well, yeah, except I, by the way, I go over it. And I still don't see them winning the Senate. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, they're going to lose Alabama. So they, they, right. that puts them four down. So they, admittedly, if they have the vice president, they really only need to, need to pick up four. But I, I, I think James, I haven't set foot in the yeah. state of Michigan for 10 yeah. years, but I think James has got a good shot in Michigan. And, yeah, John and if the Dems lose two, they're going to have to take every seat in contention. I don't think they have any chance of beating Lindsey Graham. And I, I doubt if they'll win North Carolina. But look, I'm sitting here in Canada. If you say, what do you know about it? The answer uh, can, can be summarized in a zero. I mean, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, you do. You're a lot closer to Maine than I am. And Susan <laughs> Collins is in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I guess But she, she always is. And she yeah. some, somehow manages to pull it out. Or at least and, and it's, there, that is a kind of tradition, isn't it? Of female Republican senators in Maine, going back to Margaret Chase Smith, Margaret where they're Chase always going to lose if they win. Yeah. I mean, they're supposedly going to lose, but then they win. Or some touchy races. I'm I'm in North Carolina as we speak, and um, it's uh, it's it, it, it's it's a possible problem here. So, yeah, well, till it's till they us, say yeah. he's trailing by six, but is, is that right? Uh, what do you think? Uh, I think he's trailing, uh, but you know, I, I don't know. We have a governor who should be replaced, Roy Cooper, and an excellent challenger to him, and a guy named Dan Forrest. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. North I, Carolina's not, become a funny that. state. You know, we got a lot of Yankees down here, like me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm down to... well, but the reliable ones are the upstate ones. It's it's you tidewater people that are pretty dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. That was uh, David Brinkley was from North Carolina. That's what he always told me that the inland people were reliable, but the coastal ones were pretty dodgy. He's from Wilmington, <laughs> which is close to where we are. Well, that's where the battleship is. That's right. Yeah. And of course, Jesse Helms ran only against Chapel Hill. That's all he ever did. Was, you know, he was ahead of his time running against yeah. running against the university. He, he, he was a terrible man in some ways, but he was he was a great man in some ways too. He really well. He really was, and uh, like uh, like our nominee to the court, he was an extraordinarily generous person. Uh, adopted several children, handicapped children. Um, quite an interesting man. And uh, I had a I had a I had a long, I had a long history with him. It was uh, turned out to be interesting. What else did we find out? I mean, it, it seemed to me once you get past all the rustle and bustle that. It's clear that Biden is clear. I would say that Biden is not only old, but seems old. What did they say about Eisenhower? He he's old, but he moves young, right? He moves yeah. young. Uh, in, in those days, uh, playing golf was a demonstration of being dynamic, a vigor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he seems weak. 
he seems, if not left, entirely open to the left, despite his protestations. He did not succeed in in giving the viewers, from, from the whole range of viewers, a hint of his position. He just looked like a weather vane, which unfortunately, historically, is what he is. He's faced in all four directions and everything. See, I thought Trump should have raised that. He should have raised fracking. He certainly should have mentioned that he basically shut the southern border to illegal immigration, which is, you know, four years ago was a burning issue. It wasn't mentioned once last night. There were lost opportunities. But on the other side, Bill, we never thought like this, but millions of people thought that Trump was a boob. I mean, I, I don't know why they would think that of a man who made a lot of money and was a great television success and, and, and just took over a major party as a complete outsider and then won an election as a complete underdog. But, uh, I mean, stylistically, there's some infelicities, but you can't call him a boob. But, but he clearly is not. He was clearly well-informed, very firm in his position, advocated it well. And, and uh, so I, I think there's some people out there who are actually impressed that Trump was better than they thought. Even even if they found him overbearing and boorish at times, you know you're right. Though people need to be reminded of things. Um, I, I made the same point to my wife about the border, and it was it was you know the number one, two, three issue for days, weeks, months, and then it disappeared as an issue. And she said, and she's right. Another another thing. She said, I used to wake up worried that the first thing on the news would be some uh, uh, native-born or imported terrorist shooting up a nightclub or a you know a bar or you know or, or, or a neighborhood doesn't happen anymore. Hasn't happened on Trump's watch. Yep. Uh, and you know we but we forget. That's the problem. We forget. Yep. And we forget that, I mean, the voters, I think, would forget, you can't blame them for it, that Pelosi said not a cent. She said that those so-called cages installed by Obama reminded her of, she, I will say, she didn't say the Nazi death camps. She said Nazi camps, which to most people is a death camp, yeah. uh, even though not all of them were. But, but, uh, but, you know, anything like that is just completely irresponsible. All right, and, where, where do we go yeah. from here? We have two more debates. Uh, you think Biden will show I do. I think he'll show. And I, and I think Pence will will really clean up uh, Harris. I, I have never discovered Harris's ability to do anything other than, than flash that admittedly very attractive smile of hers. She's got a, a contagious, attractive smile and everything is, is that big smile. But, but apart from that, I've never heard her answer any question other than we should have a conversation about that. Well, the debate's the conversation. And, and, and Pence is a guy who is very courteous. And, and serious looking and, and, you know, I'm not, not a, and, a, you know, a ball of fire in terms of excitement, but thorough and believable. And I think he'll win clearly. And polite. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> that, yeah. People will say, gosh, I love that guy. You know? Well, he'll be so refreshing. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and she isn't always so polite. I mean, she, I mean, at times she's completely abused her position as a, interrogator at the judiciary committee and and she's asked the most asinine questions at times i when i first decided that she was really not fit for high office was when general mattis was going through his confirmation procedures as secretary of defense and she asked him what the pentagon's uh, contribution to fighting global warming would be i mean it's just the dumbest question i've ever heard in, in that kind of a forum yeah, she's light. She's light. I, you know, I thought after her debut in Oakland, when she announced that she would be the formidable candidate, she seemed to have everything going for her. Sunk like a rock. Sunk like a rock. What about? Um, give me your thoughts about both the plausibility 
and the relevance uh, to the election of this latest revelation, maybe revelation about Hillary and the Russians and so on. What uh, what came out yesterday? Well, you know, look, I I think it has the customary vulnerability of having yeah. been released by the National Intelligence Director, who was, who was a you know well known and prominent Republican congressman. And the timing of these things, yeah, I mean, we have to be fair here. The timing of a revelation yeah. like that is just as suspect as this nonsense in the New York Times, you know, but it's taxes. But um, I, I, on the other hand, I, I think it is almost certainly true. And if we ever can get anything out of Durham, which I guess now depends on Trump being reelected, because if Biden wins, he'll kill the whole thing and sweep it under the rug. But uh, and I, I think Durham's failure to report is a disgrace, frankly. But uh, he's no matter how complicated it is, he has plenty. He's had plenty of time to come up with something. But but if, if he gets to finish his work, I, I think I think it is going to be a terribly damaging document to the Democrats. It won't be partisan. It'll be entirely fact-based. It will be unhistrionically presented, and it will be very damaging. And and, uh, I'm I'm glad that Trump at least made some progress in shifting that onus. The Democrats and their media allies have have had an absolutely inexcusable success in uh, imparting to a large uh, element of public opinion the the conviction without it being deliberated, just the automatic reflexive conviction that uh, Trump is doomed rightly to be to be saddled with an investigation right on his back all the time because he's such a suspect character. We know there's something dead under the floorboards. It's just a matter of getting to it. And our difficulty in finding it doesn't indicate he might, in fact, not be guilty. It just shows how fiendishly clever he is in covering up his own guilt. And that's the way they put it. And I I think it is finally time to make the point that the greatest constitutional outrage in the history of this country was committed against him by the Democrats. Yes. Yes. And and yet, even if it turns out to be true, and I agree with agree with all your caveats about Hillary, do the voters care at this point? I don't think so. Uh, I, I, Part of I, his base I, does. I, I think I think as in the as a backgrounder, they care. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it would. I think they would take note of the fact that what was done to Trump was a really shabby, terrible thing that should never happen okay. again. It might not change a lot of votes, but it would put him in a better light. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I think if you think about, if you can somehow edit out of your recollection of the, if one can, edit out of, of one's recollection of what happened that debate, the, the, the terrible squabbling and the sort of schoolyard crabbiness and interruption and rudeness uh, and, and, and sift out the actual points that were made. It was a big win for Trump, but not many people are going to go through that process. Yeah. And, 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 maybe, and many weren't able to hear it because of the noise. Last thing I want to talk about, do you think, um, despite this, now we hear the word steadiness and consistency of the polls, you, you still think Trump wins? I do. I, I, I will confess to some impatience with, with, with the polls. I would have thought they would have moved farther and faster than they have. I agree 100%. Uh, but I think a lot of those organizations are completely unreliable. Quinnipiac and Monmouth and uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Politico and so forth, uh, Vox, all of that stuff. I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all just democratic fronts. But the, um, uh, I, I was astounded and, and somewhat disconcerted when I saw Rasmussen suddenly drop uh, uh, Trump's uh, approval rating. But with that said, he has moved it up, even by this very imperfect yardstick we're using. 
that is stale dated and packed with uh, firms of questionable professionalism, in my opinion, at least on this question, uh, that he's moved up about uh, six points, you know, Biden yes, down and yes, came up. Yes. Yeah, and, and he's, he's really at about 46% now, uh, with Biden at about 52, which in practice means you will, if you allow the 3% crisscross because of the relative reluctance of uh, Trump voters to speak uh, candidly to strangers, uh, you, Trump's in winning territory because he, you know, but the big Democratic majority in California and New York, he, he doesn't need to get closer to 3% uh, than 3% to win. Uh, you know, it's close, you know, you'll get some states that are large states with very narrow margins of victory. And, and the whole mail-in thing is another question. Well, that's, that is indeed my last but I, question. But he's got, he's got almost five weeks to go, and he is gaining, and I think he'll go on gaining. One thing, Bill, you know, there, for most of his term, not two weeks went by without Trump saying something completely stupid or quite stupid that his enemies in the media magnified into completely stupid. And, and he, he hasn't done that. There hasn't been one of those absolute bonehead dumbbell things that he said for some time. And if he wears a blue suit and butts and stuff and, and, you know, stands there behind the president's seal, the podium making sense uh, that this idea that Trump is a kind of an embarrassing boob, which was the whole democratic campaign until still is really, except it's getting a bit shaggy at the edges. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it fades. I mean, he is in fact, most of the time quite plausible as the president. And he does have a strong record to stand on. Yeah. And that you touched on the second part of my last question, which may take us longer, but that's my biggest worry is the ballots. Now I think this is a huge problem. I've been listening to smart people talk about it. I heard Ted Cruz this morning. Um, and everyone talks about how serious it is. No one seems to have a solution to it. Yeah, Since, this is what astounds me. I mean, why couldn't somebody you know, in a position to make such a suggestion say, all right, look, we're going to have to set up a system whereby uh, from when these ballots go out to, to their point of initial arrival at a post office or wherever it is, there is a monitoring system. Both parties can appoint people to ensure that no ballots are misplaced and, and no false ballots are attributed. Ballots aren't harvested, all of that. Uh, I mean, the Republican Party has over 3 million volunteers out knocking on doors. I mean, the Democrats can always find plenty of supporters. Why, why, don't, why, don't, aren't, why aren't we starting with some sort of agreed upon plan to to assist the postal workers, as I wrote in a piece a couple of weeks ago, uh, despite yeah. the hail or snow or sleet or whatever that slogan is, uh, it would be minded to deliver the election to the Democrats if they could do it. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I, it seems whatever we would propose is too late now, right? Because well, ballot- is it? I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. You can mobilize a lot of monitors very quickly. You got it once to do it. Uh, but I, I mean, as far as I can see, the Republican strategy is to uh, wait for an expedited trip to the U.S. Supreme Court. But it's, you know, the Supreme Court can't count the votes. We saw that in 2000. All they can do is come down with an arbitrary decision about what total are going to accept. They, they, you know, they can't say, you know, we'll have a recount in a state or, or something like that. Well, I say that because a lot of ballots are in and a lot, apparently, some ballots already thrown away in the trash can, like those military ballots that the president mentioned. So I'm looking for a solution. I see the plausibility 
of what you're saying, but we have several hundred thousand ballots in already. Yeah, but we're going to get with 80 million. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you this. One hates to be reduced to such skullduggery, but uh, if if it comes to it, are the Republicans at least capable of stealing as many votes as the Democrats are? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I hope not. I I suspect not. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect not. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll just well, as I understand it, I'm just going on what went on in 2000. The Supreme Court takes a position that there has to be an inauguration on the 20th of January. That it yeah. does not have the power to delay that. So the electoral college has to meet, and uh, and and the composition of it has to be agreed, which obviously backs into counting the votes. And they have no ability to do that. They all they can do is sit and say, well. Uh, you know, we don't accept the votes from North Carolina. So North Carolina gets no electoral votes. I, I mean, I, I, and yeah. I agree with you. The, the entire system is sitting there full of highly intelligent people. Nobody's doing anything about it. Highly combustible <laughs> material, too. But what do you what do you think is going to happen? We're, we're undoubtedly going to get some very dubious vote totals and late coming in. And we saw that in the midterms. I mean, Bloomberg's money bought, what, 10 or 12? California districts that just came rolling in one after the other in the, in the 10 days following the election. Yeah. Well, we're going to get it on a grand scale again, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I don't know. I'm going to pursue this though. I'm going to talk to a lot of people, try to find out what might be done. Your suggestion is a good one. Thank you, Conrad Black. Thank no, you very much. No. Pleasure you. talking no. with you. Keep the good Thank stuff you. coming. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. All right, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett, and you can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Share the podcast with your family and friends. We'll catch up next week. 